In this episode, we are considering the 31st Psalm, which Jesus quotes in Luke 23. Jesus uses some of his final breaths to quote this trust psalm before he dies. In our 700 seconds, we are going to explore how to remain solid in times of panic and how to make sure that we are trusting God fully. You're listening to 700 Seconds in a Psalm with Dr. DJ Freemeyer. This is a production of djbiblecoaching.com. Let's turn to today's psalm and dive in. In Luke 23, Jesus is waiting for death. This truly was a dark and appalling time, both figuratively and literally. The gospel mentions that there was a soldier watching him as he died. What the soldier found so significant was not that he was dead, but how he died. Jesus had been taken by the crowds to be executed with criminals, and at every turn Jesus was mocked by those around him. In Luke 23, Jesus did not respond with hate or accusations. In fact, the only time Jesus raises his voice is to cry out to God with a line from the 31st Psalm. The cry of the psalm is that the Lord would act and intervene because of the drastic ramifications if the Lord does not step in to help. The implications include being shamed forever, being ensnared within the hands of the enemies, being ripped apart, being consumed by sorrow, being drained of strength, being slandered repeatedly, and being forgotten completely. The psalm that Jesus quotes declares a resolute trust in the Lord. This trust is declared even while attacks threaten to destroy the one who is faithful to God. In the psalm, there is no doubt that God can protect and withstand the attacks, nor is there doubt that God can deliver. The psalm mentions images of God that are connected with security, even while the psalmist is suffering. God is like a strong rock and a house of defense, a fortress and a stronghold. The other images evoked by the psalm are of God being like a soldier who swiftly responds to attacks, who rushes to shield and defend the wounded, and who carries the hurting to safety. There is a recognition that God can be that type of savior, which is why the psalmist cries out. The psalmist is desperate and hopes that if God hears the cry, then God will respond. Multiple times the psalm mentions crying out to the Lord. Have you ever been in a situation when all you could do was cry for help? What happened in that situation? For the psalmist, we're not entirely sure what happened. But I think it's safe to say that if the psalmist was able to write and sing this psalm, then God most likely responded and helped. If the psalmist remained under attack, it would be more difficult to compose this beautiful mismore that contains the hope that others can withstand any plucking that they are enduring. It would be difficult to encourage others to be strong and firm in their expectation of God's deliverance if God had not. And it would be very difficult to conclude the psalm by urging others to cling to the Lord with love if no sign of the Lord's love could be seen. I say it would be difficult, but it would not be impossible 
because that is exactly what Jesus did. In the midst of darkness, in the midst of being surrounded by enemies, in the midst of facing the imminent failure of his bodily organs, in the midst of intense pain, Jesus had no signs or glimpses of God intervening. And yet Jesus loudly and boldly shouts those famous words, Into your hands I commit my spirit. These words from the 31st Psalm are powerful words under any occasion, but especially as one is dying. The words for commit that occur in the Hebrew and Greek arise out of economic contexts when someone is placing a deposit. Think with me about the most valuable treasure you have. Where is that treasure right now? Is it in your hands or out of them? If it is out of your hands, I hope it is in a very safe place. Sometimes people give valuables to banks and trust the banks to give them back. Sometimes people hide valuables. Sometimes people entrust valuables to others who they deem to be responsible. Who do you trust with what is most valuable to you? Now, some of us may say that what is most valuable to us are not things because people are valued most. Some of us may value loved ones like a spouse or parents or children or siblings or friends the most, and some of us may value our own lives the most. For the 31st Psalm, what is valued most is actually breath. The psalmist entrusts the ruach in Hebrew, or the pneuma in Greek, and these words are often translated as spirit, but actually these words point to the wind or the breath that enters our lungs, and without which we would suffocate. To get a feel for this word, take a breath with me for a moment. Breathe in. And out. That you can do that means you are alive. And thus all the other things you do are possible because you have breath in you. Those who dive into the sea or voyage into space know the value of breath. Not having breath means death. And thus, breath is the most fundamental and valuable thing that we have. We need breath, or else all else is unimportant. And so it is striking that the psalmist does not try to catch a breath or keep breathing, but instead entrusts that breath to the Lord. Breath is a valuable deposit. The psalm deposits the breath into the Lord's hands, with the recognition that only the Lord can give it back. The psalm speaks the truth that only the Lord can redeem a life. The word redeem means to restore what has been lost, and if what has been lost is breath, then it means bringing life back to the dead. That is what the psalmist entrusts to the Lord, and that is what Jesus does as well. When Jesus cries out in a loud voice, Jesus is depositing his breath in God's hands. Jesus is trusting that God is capable of receiving that breath, of knowing exactly what to do with it, and of determining when it will be best to return it. For Jesus, that meant three days after he died. And we have the blessing of hearing stories about when God restored that breath to Jesus. So we have no good reasons for doubting that God is both worthy of our trust and able to handle our deposits as well, whether that deposit is of a loved one's breath or our own breath. In fact, 
It is much easier for us to do this than it was for Jesus, because Jesus had no signs from God while he was dying, and yet maintained that trust even to the last of his dying breaths. And seeing what God has done for Jesus in resurrecting him and restoring his breath, why wouldn't we want to do the same? Why wouldn't we want to deposit our breaths into God's hands? Why wouldn't we hope that God could resurrect us? Why wouldn't we cry out to God with our dying breaths? Why wouldn't we trust God like that? Still, it can be difficult for us to recognize that we are out of control and that our lives are in the hands of someone else. We can deceive ourselves into thinking our times are in our own hands, and sadly we will find that they are not. Our lives are constantly in the hands of loved ones who are near us, or strangers who drive next to us, or governments who can destroy us. Our times are never solely in our own hands. Yet there is a deep assurance when we come to the place where we are able to declare, Our times are in God's hands, and that is exactly where we want them. Do we truly believe that God is worthy of our deposits, that we can trust God with our breaths, and that our times are in God's hands? If you believe that, I invite you to align your breaths and your cries with the prayer of trust that we are about to hear. Holy God, Thank you for your steadfast love. We are so undeserving of that love, yet you give it to us anyways, because love is who you are and what you do. You are our strong protection from everything that is out to bring us harm. Thank you for watching over us and keeping us in your mighty fortress. The afflictions and pain from this earth will pass away, but you will last forever. People are lonely, jobless, sick, and in need of help. May you come to everyone's rescue. Give them the joy that comes from you. We all need you and your mercy. May we believe in you always and be loyal to you above all else. We put our hope in you. Amen. In this episode, we have been hearing reasons why we can trust God with all the breaths that we will take. And I encourage you to think about the number of breaths that you will take today, and how many of them will be taken while trusting in God. If you would like to explore some more reasons to trust in God, along with exploring some testimonies about what trusting in God could mean for your life, I recommend a resource by Tahiria Thomas called Trusting in God. While not every Christian tradition might agree with what is expressed in this book, it is a helpful one because it moves from life experiences to the scriptures to reasons for trust and then into prayer. This is a helpful movement as we consider how to trust and give our lives over to God. This helpful movement also mimics the flow of the 31st Psalm and the Gospel of Luke. Jesus found such a movement helpful in his dying moments. Jesus found it helpful to declare that trust in God And I think we could too, as we live every breath while trusting in God. Thanks for joining us for 700 Seconds in the Psalm with Dr. DJ Freemeyer. If you would like to have episodes delivered to you as they are released, then you can subscribe to the channel or at djbiblecoaching.com.